You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Davers here today from the Locked On Nationals podcast. It is June 4th, 2021. And on today's show, we preview the Marlins and Nationals series taking place this weekend in Miami. We discuss how the Nationals can keep it rolling. The positive momentum they have is uh, quite infectious right now. Everybody's very positive. We'll see if the Nationals can keep that positivity going in to the last place, going to visit the last place, Miami Marlins. So we'll break that down next. All right, everybody, let's get to it. I hope everybody's kind of calming down from the last couple days. It's been wild and crazy. And uh, I, I, I need to make sure I do a better job of giving you guys some of the other information that you might miss. So we're going to start off with a couple things. Number one, quick correction from yesterday. And this is not on me. ESPN.com is really bad with stats. I said that was Paulo Espino's second save. It's his first. Yesterday was his first save. The reason I said second was because... ESPN.com said that he had one save all time, but when I went into his game logs, um, they didn't have they didn't have the game registered from yesterday. So I, I you know, I, I couldn't see the fact that he already had a save. Uh, it, it said he had a save, and I saw in the game logs it hadn't registered the game yet. So I was thinking, oh, okay, this must be his second career save because it already says he has one, and today's game is not in their game logs. They just added the fact that he had a save, but didn't add the game itself, um, you know, into the game logs, which is really bizarre. So uh, career save number one of Paulo Espino, quite a week for him. To the injury front on things. For the Nationals, here are the injuries that uh, that I have not, you know, I make, just want to make sure that we hit upon. And I'm going to go for most recent. June 22nd, so two days ago, Kyle Finnegan headed to the IL, 10-day IL. Um, Jackson Rutledge, also pitcher that we all know, pitching prospect, is, is uh, currently day-to-day shoulder rehab right now. Andrew Stevenson was added to the 10-day IL as well. Um, that was an oblique issue, so it's going to be a little while for him because they said he can't swing the bat. For that, Daniel Hudson, 10-day IL uh, for shoulder inflammation, also on the 20th. So we'll see how thing he, uh, you know, how things go for him. He's going to resume a throwing program currently during the uh, the road trip right now. And then on June 19th, so a little bit now back, five days ago, Strasburg was playing catch ahead of Saturday's game, still being assessed. Obviously, they want to figure out what is wrong with Steven Strasburg. So those are the guys that right now are currently. Um, on the IL, and those are the guys that you need to know about who they're missing right now. So, um, you know, they, remember they've reinstated Max Scherzer. Obviously, they optioned Ryan Harper and Luis Garcia on the 20th to make room for Gerardo Parra, um, and they DFA'd Ben Bramer as well. They recalled Ryan Harper uh, on the 19th and then sent him down the 20th, so they used him this past weekend. So uh, those are the guys that kind of been moving back and forth. If you listen to yesterday's show, Matt Weirich of NBC Sports Washington and I like had a conversation about wait, who in the heck is actually on the active roster right now. Um, and if you go to MLB.com, uh, they have it there. So it's it's hard to tell, but guys like you know Jeffrey Rodriguez are still on the roster. Obviously, we saw a whole lot of them get that usage yesterday, but right now for the the roster, Sam Clay, obviously Corbin Espino. 
Fetty, Brad Hand, Lester, McGowan, Justin Miller, who we saw yesterday, Tanner Rainey, Rodriguez, Ross, Scherzer, Suero, and Voth. Those are all of your guys right now that are active in terms of the pitching. So your starters are going to be Scherzer, Ross, Lester, Fetty, and Corbin. Those five guys are your active starters right now. In the pen, it's Clay, Espino, Hand, McGowan, Miller, Rainey, Rodriguez, Suero, and Voth. So that's who they're working with right now in the pen. Um, in terms of the infield, everybody you'd expect normally, uh, it, Jordy Mercer is there. So, you know, those, those are the normal guys that we expect there. In the outfield, four-man outfield, only addition to that is Gerardo Parra. So that, that is where we sit right now with the active roster. There's so many changes happening, the number of injuries that we've seen, so many games happening in a short period of time. So with that, I feel like the, the pitchers especially are being pressed, and that is kind of causing uh, the things that we're seeing right now. So that is the current state of things in terms of the roster. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll discuss where the Nationals are currently in terms of where they sit in the standings, what their, their recent trends are, and look forward to now their series against the Marlins four in Miami this weekend. We'll talk about it next, but first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Wellfront. Stonks, memes, and rocket ships. Day trading can be a lot of fun, but if you really want to grow your wealth long-term and actually make it to the moon for real, you should open up a Wellfront investment account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders actually beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. That's why you should team up with Wellfront instead. Wellfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wellfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. Wellfront can create you a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wellfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T.com slash LockedOnMLB. To start growing your savings today, that's Wellfront.com slash LockedOnMLB to get started today. All right, so the Washington Nationals now head into a four-game series with the Miami Marlins. They head into the series at 35 and 36. The Nationals uh, now have gotten the hold of sole possession of second place in the National League East. They were looking back down uh, in the standings very recently, right? Uh, you know, very much recently were they looking down in the standings. And if you go to ESPN.com, they have their newest power rankings up today right now. The Nationals are beginning to do a good job of creeping up those power rankings right now. They've gotten themselves to 20th in the power rankings. Uh, and so this is what Dave Schoenfield says. He says, Scherzer returned from his short IL stint to beat the Phillies in an uneventful matchup on Tuesday. That was the Nationals' eighth win in nine games. They have suddenly jumped back into the playoff picture in the National League East. Scherzer is making a strong case for his eighth straight All-Star select or eighth All-Star selection, I should say. Uh, eighth, actually, it is a straight. It is a straight. I stand corrected. Six and four, 2.19 ERA, 112 Ks, 82 in a third innings pitched. He's allowed zero or one run in nine of his 14 starts. Obviously, that was before yesterday's win. The Nationals have now won nine of their last 10 games. 
So let's take a look at those National League East standings right now. The Washington Nationals, like I said, they are second place at 35 and 36. The New York Mets are in first at 38 and 31. That's good enough for four games ahead of the Nats right now. The Braves are 35 and 38. They're five games ahead uh, behind the uh, the National. Excuse me, five games behind the Mets. They're one behind the Nats. The Phillies are 34 and 37. That's also one game behind uh, the Nationals, five back of first place. And the Marlins are 31 and 42. That's nine games back of first, five back of the Washington Nationals. The Nats right now uh, are on a four-game winning streak. They've won nine of their last 10. They have a negative 10 run differential now, so that's starting to get better. Uh, They're 14-18 at home, which is very important as they head on the road to improve that road record. They want to continue to chip away at what they're seeing right now. When it comes to the wild card, I know it's still early, but we should talk about those things. They In the last week or so, they've hopped the Marlins, the Phillies, the Braves, the Cardinals. They are now at 35 and 36. That is seven games out of the wild card, though, because of how good the uh, National League West has been. Right now, that wild card is owned by the Dodgers. The wild cards, I should say, plural. The Dodgers at 44 and 30 uh, are seven and a half games clear of the Nationals. The Padres are 45 and 32. They are seven games clear of the Nationals. They're two and a half games clear of the Cubs, six and a half of the Reds, and then the Nats are right there. So right now in the pecking order, the the Nationals are the fourth team from the wild card spot right now. Uh, You know, like I said, the the Padres and two other teams in the Nationals. So the third team in the queue uh, that's not in the fourth team to that wild card spot, if you count the Padres in that fourth spot right now. And a whole lot of winning streaks amongst those teams. Uh, Padres have won seven in a row. Um, the Nationals obviously have won four in a row. The Reds got hot there for a second in addition to that. So some good ball, ball being played. But it looks like, you know, as for right now, um, with the way things are going, the Giants are not slowing down. They still maintain that first place spot. And, uh, you know, the two other teams in the division are fighting for those wild card spots. They're still fighting for that division lead. But it looks like, you know, things kind of progress this way. It's a good chance that there's three there's three National League West teams that obviously that could change, but um, you know the Cubs could Cubs could take over. But I mean I, I really don't think anybody believes that the Padres, Dodgers, or or Padres, Dodgers, I should say, are going to fall out. I think it's more likely that the Giants were to drop back and do it. It's, and I'm not just saying that just because you know everybody's saying that it's the good you know the, the the kind of hot thing to say, but after seeing them in person, like that's that's the roster is significantly worse. And I'm not saying it always matters. But there are times where it does, in fact, uh, it does, in fact, matter, you know, a little bit. And these two talented teams, the Padres and the Dodgers, are good enough to catch them, in my belief. Um, right now, that division still very tight, too. I mean, even if the Giants showed some kind of attrition, you know, uh, or, you know, not even a ton, they could still get caught. They're four games clear of the Dodgers. They are four and a half clear of the Padres. And I think we all believe both those teams are better. Uh, but the Giants... That plus 101 run, run differential, they're eight and two in their last 10. So uh, they've been playing great baseball, but I still I still think of those two teams. Anyway, the Nationals, once again, four games back in the NL East, and they look forward this weekend to the Miami Marlins. Sadly, I could not get Aram Layton on, uh, host of Locked On Marlins and Locked On Prospects. He is at the College World Series, I believe, right now in Omaha. So good for him. Um, all right, so the Nationals will take on the Marlins. We'll talk about the Nationals kind of first. Here, uh, you know, set things up, though. Your game times, four-game series on Thursday, 7-10, on Friday, 7-10, on Saturday, 4-10, and on Sunday, 1-10. So, uh, thankfully, no doubleheaders here. 
your pitchers for the Nationals. Ross, Lester, Corbin, and Scherzer in that order. It's going to be Petit, Lopez, Thompson, and Alcantara for the Marlins. Starting off with the Nationals in that first game tonight, uh, 7-10, all these are going to be massing games. We'll start actually with the opposing pitcher, Cody Petit, here in this situation. 26-year-old Cody Petit, who actually came, I became familiar with by playing MLB The Show. Um, this is his first time being up in the major leagues, and he's made six starts. He's 2-2 two and two with a 3.90 ERA this year and 27 and two-thirds innings pitched. His last time out, three and two-thirds. Uh, he gave up three hits, two earned runs, two homers, five Ks, four walks. So for him, you know, he's a guy that's last couple starts has really struggled. Teams have worked the pitch counts. He was very good in his four starts in the month of May with a 2.95 ERA in those games. But in his last three starts, he has not made it through five innings, and you can be patient with him. You really can uh, and make him work more. Try to see if you can get that pitch count up. And his last couple starts have not been as good, giving up some early runs. So I think the Nationals need to look at trying, you know, to to uh, wait out a guy in Cody Petit who is pretty young and pretty new to the big leagues. For the Nationals, they're going to counter with Joe Ross, who obviously in his last start, it was not the Joe Ross we saw in the previous start. Joe on the season is 3-7 and seven, with a 4.54 ERA on the year. Last start, five innings pitched, five earned runs, two homers, five Ks across five innings in the 5-1 loss the Nats had in that seven-inning game. But still, this month, uh, you really factor in that one awesome start that he had. And look, the start against the Phillies, the runs weren't earned. So this month, he's still got a 2.37 ERA, has given up some. But I think the two things that are positive is that Joe has been attacking the strike zone. Um, you know, he had some walk issues earlier in the year. This month, across 19 innings, only two walks. You go back to last month, he walked uh, he walked 15 and 27 innings. So really cutting down on the amount of walks. I mean, right now he's on pace to in that time at 27 innings. You know, he'd probably walk roughly three guys. Last month, he walked 15 in that stretch. So really better, good with the command. I like the way he goes after the zone. Got to be careful with that sometimes, but... Joe Ross is going to be in the strike zone, and I think he's one of those guys where look, we'll see what the um, we're going to see what the stuff with spin rate and, and substances does to him. I think it's an adjustment he has to make, but he'll be going up against this Marlins offense, and so we'll see what Joe Ross brings to the table in that game. Maybe it's a mixture of both, but I think it's all about him. It's about all about getting off on the right foot early in games for Joe Ross. All right, John Lester versus Pablo Lopez. Pablo Lopez has been strong again. He's 3-4, and four, but guess what? A 2.86 ERA. How is that for wins and losses mattering? It just shows you that they don't. Lopez this season, um, he's had you know up and down with some starts, but once again, for them, he has been strong ever since last year. In his last start, he was great. Seven innings, one hit, seven Ks, no walks. 93 pitches across the board once again, seven innings. So, He's a guy that for them has been a staple of this rotation. He's just 25 years old, and it's a guy for them in the, really the last two years who's come on. I, I know that we know Paulo Lopez from the past too, but in 2020, that's really when Paulo Lopez came into his own and began turning it on. Uh, in the last two seasons combined, he's made 26 starts, and uh, last year's ERA was 3.61. This year, 2.68. So I mean, he has gotten considerably better as time has gone along. 
I'll be interested to see how the Nats manage that matchup. But for them, really, it's more important when we think about the Nationals. Uh, John Lester, for them, just needs to keep them competitive in games, especially if the offense is going to keep being able to produce in this kind of fashion right now. You know, keeping them close is what it's all about for John Lester. He did give up some hits against the Mets, but six innings, seven hits, two earned runs, one homer, six Ks. Um, they wanted them to try to go the full seven. He wasn't able to do it in that seven-inning game, but that was strong for him across this month. 2.61 ERA he has in four starts. The problem is in those four starts, 20 and two-thirds innings. So he's barely making it through five. Now three of the five starts, he's, or four starts he's made this month, he's, he's made it through five. So he needs to keep building upon that. He needs to keep impressing and improving, and he has so far. Uh, 5.29 ERA in 24 innings, uh, 24 and a third innings in the month of May, June, a lot better. He's, he's beginning to improve, and look, he's just got to manage that traffic on the base paths. With him, we know it's going to be there just because his stuff is not is not great, but they were able to extend him, get him to 100 pitches, and that's where he needs to be. I mean, he was above 80 pitches uh, only twice last month. Every single time this month he's taken the mound, he's gone at least 80, um, 80 87, 91, 86, and 100. So for him... It's about staying in that strike zone or being around the strike zone, attacking and uh, making sure he's getting ahead on guys because he didn't have stuff where, you know, he's behind in counts to work with. Uh, kind of like in a lot of the time, I feel the same way about, um, you know, a guy like Patrick Corbin. I feel like Joe Ross, just because, you know, the way he throws that sinker, he can, especially to sometimes left-handed hitters. It kind of does allow him to be competitive just the way that pitch moves. And, you know, when it's in the strike zone, it looks like it might be down the middle and kind of darts out on you. So he's a guy who can – still kind of get a forward getting behind just because he's in the zone so much and so often. I think guys like Lester can't because uh, once you start bringing, you know, an 88-mile-an-hour fastball, 90-mile-an-hour fastball into the zone and you're not locating as well, then then you're going to be in some serious trouble. So for Lester, continue to build. At 37 years old, he is beginning to be the guy the Nationals needed him to be in the rotation. But once again, for all of these guys I've talked about, it's all about dependability. And while they're getting better, the consistency is not yet there to make the Nationals a winning team. Now, if the offense picks them up like it did, I mean, you know, they won't have to worry, but they can't rely on that uh, every single game like it was yesterday. All right, Patrick Corbin in the third game of the series going up against Zach Thompson. Zach Thompson, uh, relatively new, if people don't know him, 27-year-old righty, 6'7", 230, made his uh, debut this year. He's pitched only three games as a 1.50 ERA He's a guy for them that is going to be uh, kind of a starter. Not a guy, you know, he's got starting pitching, obviously, pedigree, but this is a guy that has only gone to five full innings once in his three starts. So obviously, I think they would want to extend him at the first time of trouble. They might be a bit quicker to do that. And, uh, you know, the guy who's got four or five pitches really does use three of them primarily. Got a cutter, a fastball, and a curveball. And that cutter uh, for him is going to sit around 89 90 miles an hour, and the fastball is, uh, is around 93. So a guy that's got a good mix of pitches, and, and we'll see what the Nationals are able to do. And also that big frame really is helpful in getting the ball uh, downhill. For the Nats, they're going to counter with Patrick Corbin. And for Corbin, it feels like maybe not turning a corner per se, but starting to perform a bit better is is uh, Mr. Patty. I and mean, St. Patty's days have been a bit nicer to him, especially in this month, the 365 ERA, six innings, two runs given up last time around, two homers, seven Ks for the uh, for Patrick Corbin the other day in the 5-2 win. And 
look, he stacked a couple really good starts together. Uh, last three games he's pitched, the Nationals have won them. Um, and the game against the Pirates, eight and a third, eight hits, you know, seven Ks, one walk, 110 pitches. That's what they need from him. Last game out, gave him a win. So Patrick's beginning to build a good start after good start. But he's one of those guys says he's got to do it consistently. Um, and, and we'll see if he can. But Patrick Corbin, I think it's a good matchup uh, for you know the Nationals to see if they can get Patrick some early run support. And they can go from there and really work on it. And this year, obviously, you guys are familiar with Patrick Corbin's work. Uh, and his in his pitch arsenal as well. It's slider, sinker, four seam fastball combination is really uh, his three best pitches. Throw that change up in there as well. So we'll see what Patrick can do this year or in this uh, this upcoming start day game four o'clock four ten on Saturday. All right, final matchup. This one is going to be a doozy. It seems like Max, while well, he's back on that rotation where he's matched up with other guys' best arms, but. It's going to be Sandy Alcantara in a day game against Max Scherzer Alcantara this year, four and six. But once again, 2.93 ERA. Uh, always, always, always wins and losses. Do not tell the story. And for um, it's been a good year as a whole for Alcantara, but this month he's been absolutely filthy. 1.98 ERA in the five starts he has made. He is coming off of a really awesome four-start stretch here. He's going eight, eight and a third. Uh, six and eight innings. Last time out, eight innings took. Um, he uh, went eight innings in that game, and they lost the game, uh, two to one. And then also he went eight and a third innings the previous game, and they lost one nothing. So he took a loss in that game. You always hate when that happens. It's always really annoying to see. But once again, it's the uh, frivolity, I guess you could say, of wins and losses. But Alcantara last two starts, eight innings, five hits, one earned run, uh, three Ks. And then the previous one, eight innings, six hits, seven Ks. So he is on top of his game right now. Like I mentioned, 1.98 ERA in the month. And he's going to face off against Max, who obviously, we you know, we always, always in the top of his game, it feels like. Last start was one of those where Max did not have his best stuff. But I love those starts. Those are my favorite Max starts to watch. Yes, that's unpopular to say. People like the 20 strikeout games, of course. But when the, the great ones, when they don't have their best stuff, they bring other things to the yard, and Max did. And under incredible duress of new rules, number one, right? Uh, the, the rules had just been changed. The Nationals, 3-2 win. Uh, they got, I think I kept saying 3-1, but 3-2 win. They got the other night, you know, coming off the ball changes. Uh, the pressure from Joe Girardi. Max goes five innings, two hits, one earned run. It's a home run. Eight Ks, three walks, 106 pitches, but gives him five strong. Only two hits, you know, only uh, they got three walks. There was some traffic, obviously, but still, Max did a very good job in that game of putting the Nationals in a good position. And even, you know, as the ace, even without his best stuff, he was there, showed up in that game. So Alcantara versus Scherzer, another great pitching matchup. I would venture to say the under is what you're going to go with in that game. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll touch on some of the offensive things to look at from the Marlins and some of the Nationals, too. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends, our longtime friends, at betonline.ag. You guys know the deal, whether it be basketball, football, baseball, hockey, all those things right now, you know, future odds, current odds, whatever it is you want is available at betonline.ag. You go there today, make an account. You can do it on your iPhone, your tablet, your computer, whatever you guys would like to do. You guys go there today, make an account, use a promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N locked on. You'll receive a 50% deposit bonus. So you deposit 100 bucks, they'll give you an extra 50 to play with today at betonline.ag. Betonline, your 
online sportsbook experts. Today's show is also brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-run business serving auto parts customers online for nearly 20 years. They've got thousands of parts from hundreds of manufacturers. You go check them out today at rockauto.com. You can find carpet, motor oil, brake lamps. I actually need something right now for my car. My brakes are not working. But they always offer the lowest possible prices. You could spend up to 30, 50, and even 100% more for the same parts at rockauto.com if you go to a car dealership or a chain store. For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is 353 from a chain store, only 216 at rockauto.com. Check out all kinds of deals like that today. Go there at rockauto.com right now. Uh, write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That way they know we sent you. Amazing selection, always low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. So once again, Nationals and Marlins this weekend, four-game set. The Marlins are 31-42. and 42. They're 16-16 and 16 at home. The guys that you have to look for in the lineup for them, Jesus Aguilar has been very strong so far this season. Uh, and for him in the 70 games played that they have, he has driven in a whopping 52 run, or 50 runs rather uh, in 70 games that he's played. He's hitting 264, the 326 on base. He's got 12 jacks on the season as well. Adam Duvall for them has been hitting for some serious power. He is at 16 home runs. He's only hitting 213 this year, but still with those 16 homers, he always appears to be very dangerous for them as well. Guys across the board that you know you've heard of, obviously Jazz Chisholm, Garrett Cooper, Starlin Marte is a guy that a lot of people are talking about in trade circles this year. He has been their best player, hitting 326, the 429 on base percentage, a 954 OPS with 17 RBI and six homers this season. Marte is a guy for them who's only played in 30, I think it was like 37 games so far this season, but at 32 years old, you know, he's kind of in his prime at this point. He is going to be a commodity. And this month, hitting 333, he has been absolutely excellent. Got a uh, missed some time, as I mentioned, this season, but he has been red hot to start things off. He missed a lot of time in the month of May. But um, yeah, he's been awesome this year for them. A guy to watch out this weekend for in the series. And you go to kind of general statistics in Major League Baseball for the teams, uh, pulling those up right now. But for the teams, this is a Marlins team that, once again, their run differential is one of those positive run differentials, right? We, we talked about um, some of that, but that doesn't always really tell the story, does it, in terms of where a team sits offensively. And this year, for the Marlins, as a whole, they are 19th when it comes uh, to team batting average. Now, once again, it's not always a great barometer of where teams are, but that's where they sit in that category. And then when it comes to stats such as home runs, which is one that obviously we track, they're, they're not great at it. they got a couple guys who hit for power, but they're 27th in the league when it comes to homers. When it comes into driving runs as well, they are 26th. They're a team that struggles offensively, and the Nationals need to look if they can kind of uh, generate some more or you know, kind of generate some momentum in terms of the pitching, right? Not a great lineup on a day-to-day -day basis. A lot of young guys, kind of not a fully formed thought, if you will, this Marlins roster is. And look, their pitching continues to improve on a day-to-day -day basis. It feels like it's great they're getting this experience. And I talked about it yesterday on the show. It feels like that they're not too far away from being good if they want to be more aggressive 
in free agency they could. Obviously, Trevor Rogers is a guy the Nationals are actually going to avoid this weekend. They're outstanding rookie pitcher who's in line right now to potentially be coach of, or coach of the year. I'm reading something that says coach of the year right now, uh, to potentially be rookie of the year at this point. So they have a real good chance um, to, to have a guy in that, and they keep building this roster. The offense has been a place where they struggled. The Nationals still sixth when it comes to uh, team batting average, but tell you what, they are climbing up the list when it goes for home runs, and they were toward, really towards the bottom, but they're 23rd now, and that's all thanks to Mr. Kyle Schwarber. Still bottom three in the league. They're actually just behind the Marlins by one run when it comes to runs driven in so far this season. But Nationals are a team that uh, also a little bit better in the on-base category, a team that seventh it on base. Got to start cashing in more in those situations right now. And also you kind of look at uh, if the Nats who has been doing the job this month? We talked about Kyle Schwarber, right? A guy for them that has been scorching hot as of late. But really, you know, who else is it? Because they can't just do it with him. And they've been able to do it uh, with a bunch of guys so far. Trey has been great hitting 341 this month. Home runs obviously dropped for him. It's something that Matt Weirich and I talked about. And Trey even acknowledged that that was going to be the case. But still done a great job hitting that two-hole now. Uh, one, 282 in the month with 13 runs driven in with a 414 on base. He's really doing a great job in that middle of the lineup. Josh Bell this month, 281. And we talked about him yesterday too, the guy who's been their best hitter uh, when it comes to big time situations. Ryan Zerman, he has struggled. He's hitting 179 this month, but other guys have picked him up and really is those guys at the top of the lineup. That big three, keep mentioning it, Scherzer, uh, Scherzer uh, Turner, Schwarber, and Soto have been able to combine now. And once again, you can't get around them every single game. It's just really hard. And they've done a great job this month seeing pitches and taking advantage of, of, of other teams. And especially if you look, you know, the month as a whole, yeah, those guys have been better. But the last seven days especially, uh, Kyle Schwarber hitting that 333, Trey Turner 455, won 350. They're on OBPs, 385, 520, 480. Those guys are cashing in right now. Also, Victor Robles has been awesome the last week, as has Stalin Castro, as he's begun to heat up once again. And Josh Bell, too, over the last week. Very good, 278, 6 RBI. Uh, these guys, this offense is starting to come together as a whole. So we'll see if they can keep those things working. And once again, it's so refreshing to see that we don't have to really debate and argue about what the lineup's going to look like kind of knowing at this point that every single day you're going to see Schwarber, Turner, Soto, Bell slash Zimmerman, um, you know, Gomes, Avila, whatever spot it is, Castro, Harrison, Robles. It's just, it's starting to become a rhythm. And I think that's really important for the Nationals to continue to build that rhythm. As for what I expect, you know, I would say, look, the goal is you want to get three. If you can get three games this weekend, you're really pleased with that result because you're continuing to build a split. Not the worst thing in the world, but you're aiming three to one. Uh, you know that that really is your goal. Just take it. Obviously, go go one and zero every day. But I would love to see a situation where the Nationals go two and one, and that would mean that they hand the ball to Scherzer on Sunday to go for a series victory. That would be an ideal situation for the Nationals this weekend, as they are scorching hot, as I as I keep mentioning. Uh, and you think about you know what they want to build off of. They've being in this east eastern part of the country, you know, with the way they match you up also with the other divisions, uh, there's a lot of tough coming up, um, not just with the east, but also out west. Because after this four-game series, they've got New York for one at home, just kind of an off, you know, off game there. Two with and then and then things 
this is where it gets really difficult. It gets difficult. Two with Tampa, four with LA, granted it's at home, four in San Diego, three in San Francisco. So you are about to go on a West Coast road swing against two of the best teams in the league before you come home and you play San Diego again. So uh, keeping that quality up right now is the key. Build that and give yourself some kind of a, a cushion, you know, so maybe have a rough time because it's going to be hard to go to Petco Park and, and win games, steal series, and, and things like that. So the Nationals right now, it's very uh, it's imperative that they build off that momentum and take care of a bad and down Marlins team. Not all bad, but by record standards, they are bad. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.